Well, good morning. Um, I heard a rumor just, uh, just earlier this morning, something about a football game going on today. Anybody know anything about that? No? No one? Okay, good, because we just stay here as long as we want then, right? No, I was actually told, uh, what time are we getting home today? Well, 12.01, is that right? Is that what time kickoff is? 12.01 about? We'll try to get you out of here in time for that. I mean, obviously, I, I, love, I love football, I love sports, but I love Jesus even more, and I know you do too. But uh, it's an exciting time around Kansas City, all kinds of great things happening. We're going to talk about relationships for the next few weeks. And uh, here's, here's this thought. Relationship, like the definition of relationship, is the state of being related, okay, like I'm related to you, or connected. So the sense of connection, like there's some, we're connected to one another, so we're related to one another. So that's what we're going to jump into uh, for the next, uh, next few weeks, talking about relationships. We're talking about relationships with our, our, in our home and our family, and kind of the, the umbrella over all of these relationships is the idea of love and forgiveness, which is necessary for all relationships, love and forgiveness. So we're talking about home and family, then we're going to talk about work and school, people we, we come in contact with, we go a little bit further out from the home, and then we're going to talk about church and community, so it's going to get even broader in the third week. So relationships. I might go to a place here in a little while that, that could, be, could be pretty personal, could be a little, a little painful. It could stir up some emotions and things inside of you that maybe you've, maybe you've suppressed or you haven't dealt with, or maybe you have dealt with them and it'll just remind you of those things. And I, and I want to be, I want to be careful, but I also want to be truthful, and I want to deal with it because I think. I think sometimes in church we avoid difficult subjects. And I think of all places we should, we should go there because this should be a place of, of love and forgiveness, right? So I don't know. I haven't, my, I'm, my spirit's stirring a little bit. Maybe going to this place when I get a little bit deeper into the message, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll go there or not, but we'll see. Human beings, as human beings, we are created uh, for relationship, by a relational God. I mean, in the beginning, God says, let us create man in our image. There was a relationship going on in, in the heavenlies between Father, Son, and Spirit. And he creates human beings to be relational. I did a wedding last night, and I, I watched it play out again. The Father bringing the bride to the groom, and the groom receiving his bride, Father creates a woman out of man and brings her to man in the beginning and gives her to them so that they could become one flesh, so they could be related to one another and connected to one another. It goes back to the first and greatest commandment, which you'll hear me speak of a lot, because it's our vertical relationship with God, and God's saying, give me all of you. We're created to give ourselves to him. We are created to be connected to the one who created us. That's, that's the reason we breathe in and out. 
love where it says in John 14, 6, that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and that trusting in me, you can then be connected to my Father. That's how it happens. Put your faith and trust in me, and you can come and be a part of our family. You can be connected to the Father. John 3.16, where it says, God loved the world so much that he sent his only son so that we shouldn't have to fear death, which is the sense of being disconnected from all those who we're related to. We don't have to fear death because of our relationship with Jesus. We can be connected to the Father. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, um, that's how that connection happens. Jesus takes our connection or our relationship with the Father very seriously. I mean, think about it. It was for that very reason that Jesus came, to give his life as a ransom for many so that we could be connected to his Father. And so then the second commandment then flows out of that. That's that horizontal relationship we talk a lot about. It's a picture of the cross, our relationship with the Father, our relationship with others. And listen, let's just be honest. We cannot be in proper relationship and any kind of healthy relationship at all with those around us until we are in proper relationship with the, the one who created us. Can I get an amen about that? Because it's just true. I mean, I, I just be, I'll just be honest with you. I cannot love my wife the right way without Jesus. I just can't. And matter of fact, with Jesus, I struggle in my flesh. And it's not because of Jesus or the lack of power and the lack of authority in, his, in, in him and in me. It is me in my flesh struggling with that horizontal peace. And so even young people, kids, if you're listening, kids, you cannot love your parents and respect your parents and love them rightly until you understand the love of the, your heavenly father, until you, you, get, you nail that down. Then you can begin to understand what kind of sacrifice and love your parents have for you. It's just not possible. And that's the reason why I think people struggle so much in relationships, because we, we miss that first part. Or we might think that we'll find love and acceptance and forgiveness and, and meaning in the horizontal without the vertical. And we go and we search. And listen, you cannot put that kind of pressure on another human being, because they cannot be Jesus for you. They cannot be like him. It's just not possible. When I first met Trish, one of the things that I, I said, look, I, I got to tell you, I said, you cannot love me more than you love Jesus. You just can't. And it was awesome that she was really beginning to dive back into her relationship with the Lord. And that was the priority in her life before she met me. Now, there are times in our marriage where she has t had this tendency to put me on a pedestal and like, I got to follow and follow my husband. And my husband is this great, this great man. And then I'd fail her <laughs> and prove to her that I'm not you know, all that she thought I was. And you know how she deals with that? She deals with it through love and forgiveness. No relationship is going to be healthy without it, without the love and forgiveness piece. So that's, like I said, that's going to be the framework over the next few weeks. So in our home and family, I've already kind of addressed it, but the most important relationship in our home is my relationship with my wife. That is the number one most important relationship in our home. And I promise you, there's all kinds of outside and inside uh, things that try to pull that relationship apart. There's struggles that come. And they're not, they're not necessarily intentional. They're just part of life. And we got to fight. 
to be together. We've got to fight for time together. We've got to fight for those things. Because I think the enemy is so cunning. If he can separate husband and wife, then he gets everybody else. Matter of fact, typically what happens is he grabs the man and pulls him away and sucks this, this, the man away by giving us this thought in her head that we've got these other things that are more important, like work, career, activities and hobbies, these things that, that I've got to have in my life to fill me up. And in the meantime, I'm neglecting the things that are most important to me. Now, I'm just speaking from my own, my own experience. If you relate to it, you know, nod your head. But if not, then hopefully you'll never have to experience that. Praise God. So the most important person in my, in my, relation, or in my home, the relationship is with my wife. Here's the problem. In relationships, there's a communication breakdown, isn't there? There's some unmet expectations. <laughs> there's some... There's some struggle with just learning to communicate. And uh, I have a funny video that can illustrate that for us. Let's just take a look at this. Like one of the conflict resolution tools they teach in marriage is ask questions. When you have a disagreement, don't just start spewing out what you think. Make it worse. Ask questions. Try to relate. Make it better. I used that last week. My wife and I got into a disagreement. It got hot, it got heated. We started a fight. I stopped myself right there. Started asking questions. Honey, why are you being a psycho right now? <laughs> men and women text differently. Like when men text something, it's just a couple of words, da da da, send. That's all I had to say. I have nothing left right now. I'm tapped out right now. When I get another thought, I will send that out to you. But right now, just a couple of crickets playing racquetball up there. Yeah. But women, when women text, what are you doing? Oh, you look like a squirrel holding a nut. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go that too. carriage return on your phone. This is my text to her right here. Hello, my darling. How you doing today? Send. And that's when the floodgates open. Now I'm going to read you her response. Good, I'm just so tired. Went to chiropractor. I'm super tight through shoulders and mid-back, so he loosened that up. He said, it sounds like my brain isn't shutting off for some reason. I asked him if it would be from playing electronic games before bed. He said, probably so. He said, try that. Have a sip of wine before bed. If I don't sleep good the next week, come back and try acupuncture. Smiley face. I'm feeling very draggy, but still is Jack and Stacey, so it could be in the air. Have it. Jackson played Xbox before bed, so he could have the same issues. <laughs> So I text back, okay. <laughs> Actually, it was just, okay. That's all it was. I don't want to overdo it. Get a blister or something. It's funny because it's true. My wife would tell you, <laughs> she gets so frustrated with me. Because you would think that, Brady, you, you talk all the time. You're a man of many words. And I give you all this stuff. And he's like, okay. And I was like, that, that's just my response. I'm like, I hear you. I, I, I acknowledge that you text me. I know what you are asking of me. But there's no clarifying questions that go on sometimes in text messages. She gets frustrated by that. I was telling someone um, that texting should be for facts, 
Now, if you're married, it should be for flirting. Just make sure you don't text the wrong person because that's embarrassing. But no fighting via text messaging. You just cannot do that. You got to do that. You got to do that face to face so you can see, so you can make sure you get the, the, um, the facial expression and the uh, body language that goes along with that. And then after, after my relationship with my wife and, and communicating and, and dealing with that, then there's this connection with, with five children. And then all the dynamics that go into that as well. So you got all these people and all, these, this, all this relation, all this connection going on. And, and that, but that's when it gets the most real, isn't it? Because these people that are in my family, they have seen me at my best and they have definitely seen me at my worst. But they keep on loving me, and we keep on learning to forgive one another in spite of that. Our relationships are not perfect, obviously. It's not always easy, but it's worth the work that is required to maintain them. And relationships are definitely work. So why are they so difficult? Why is it so difficult sometimes? A young married uh, girl that I've known for a few years, I saw her yesterday at this volleyball tournament my daughter was playing in, and I just happened to see her, so I went over and talked to her. And I was like, hey, how's it going? She's newly married. She's like, I didn't realize how much I'd have to lose my pride in marriage (laughs) in order to love my husband selflessly. She said, I didn't realize how much I'd have to, like, die to myself in order to love him the right way. And I'm sure he's learning the same thing. So as, there's a sacrifice involved when it comes to relationships. There's, there's got to be this sacrifice. And that's, that's okay because Jesus models that perfectly for us, right? I mean, he models sacrifice for us. And so he gives us an example to follow. So I'm going to try, try this, see how this works out. I need, now, I'm going I'm to speak in, hypothetically. I'm going to speak about a typical family. It may or may not be my family. It's hypothetically, all right? So what I need is some volunteers. I'm going to go pick up my own family unless they want to be involved because not everyone's here. So I need, actually, we'll do this. I need a couple that are in their 40s, husband, wife, in their 40s. Okay, don't everybody volunteer at once. There's got to be some people in here that fit that category. Boom, perfect. All right. Now, I need a young lady that's about 24, in her 20s. All right? Where's Courtney? Courtney, want, no, she's like shaking her head. No, mom and dad, you volunteer for this, not me. All right, come on, seriously, come on. Janae, you can do this, because Janae's kind of like my daughter anyway, so we'll, we'll have her play that role. Then I need a, uh, another young girl that's in her, she's about 19 years old. Anyone around 19? Anyone? Somebody, somebody's got to be, the teenage girl. Courtney, you may have to do it. Courtney Kipping, perfect, come on up. She's kind of like my daughter too, all right? We're all related and interconnected somehow, some way in this deal. All right, come on up. You're not, you don't have to talk, all right? By the way, I just want you to know, you don't, have to, you don't have to talk, you just have to stand there and smile. All right, now I need a young man about 19. Young man, <laughs> Zach's looking over at Ashton. You 19? Powell is 19, he is my son. Right. Oh, he, she's warning him, he's 19. He's like, no, I'm not, what are you talking about? All right, where's Paul? Powell, come on up. You can do that. That's fine. All right, now I need a young, I need a young girl that's, um, that is, who am I missing? I got, okay, we got one, two, three. Yeah, I need an Eliza. You can be her, Eliza, because she's her good friend. 
All right, and then, oh, I need a daughter who's 22, 22 with a baby. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> I have a daughter that's 22 with a baby. You said you're going to go ahead and come on up. That way everybody can ooh and ah at the baby, all right? All right, now give me a, uh, I need a man or a woman, doesn't matter, someone to stand over here and hold this um, that little contraption here, okay? Real quick. You can do that. Come on. You can help me. All you can do is just stand here like this, all right? Can you handle it? All right, perfect. All right, and then Abby, you come and help me. Abby, you're, 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 you're fast and you can help me do this. All right, so all, all I want you to do is hold that string, all right? Okay, all right, just keep, pull out another one so I can. All right, so the first connection are these two right here, so you guys can spread out if you want, however you want to do it, it's like this. So you got husband and wife, okay? And then in this family, came along this daughter that's now 24 years old, okay? Now, she's also connected to, uh, she has her mom from my first, not my first, hypothetically speaking, it's not my story, all right? It's somebody else's story. She's connected to someone else, and that's, that's a whole other story, all right? We'll get into that some other time, all right? So then from, from this, then came, came this marriage, and then we were connected to the daughter that's now 19, All right, so we have to then connect both of you. Here you go. You're connected to her too. All right. And even though the first daughter was not her daughter biologically, they're still connected, I promise. There's no way around that. And then from that relationship came the relationship with the 17-year-old daughter. Takes two to make that happen. So now there's a connection here. All right. Oh, wait. In the process of all this, this daughter is also connected to this daughter. You see where this is going, right? This daughter is connected to that daughter. All right. And then in the midst of this, this family came two more. The father... Goes on a mission trip, meets these kids, meets this, this boy, and he then becomes connected. Well, he's connected to this girl over here. Come on over. Let's get in here. They're connected, okay? And then obviously there's no way that they're, Jimmy, are you connected to him? He's already connected? You're connected. There you go. And then, um, then you're connected to her. All right, no, he, she is. Boom, like that. And then he's connected to her. And we haven't even, that's right, we haven't even gotten to the place where how each individual kid is then connected to each other, right? They're related, they're connected, they're all in relationships. Can you imagine the dynamics that go on in this particular situation. Because in relationships, well, of course, then you add this baby to the mix, and she's like right in the middle, and she's connected to everybody, all right? She's just, and the cool thing is about this baby is she's been like a connecting force for this family. But in, in this dynamic, and this is something I think that's important. You guys can go sit down. Thank you very much. In this dynamic, 
there's all kinds of personalities. There's all kinds of expectations in the relationship. There is, um, there's, in this particular scenario, there are some, there's the connection, obviously, to uh, a mother that's on the outside because she's not, she's, we're connected, but not like this. There are some different worldviews. Paul came into the family when he was 10. He sent you when she was 13. There's some worldviews. You could actually take a string then from the two of them and take it all the way back to their mother in Peru because there's that connection too. And so inside all of this dynamic, it, it's, it's kind of messy sometimes. But the thing that binds them all together is love and forgiveness. And that has to happen in, in this scenario and in every scenario that you're a part of as well in order for it to function the way God would want it to function. It's not always easy, but it's worth the work to make it happen. All right, you guys can just drop that right there. Thank you. Give it up for our volunteers. I just thought it was important to give a... A visual. So in that scenario, when sometimes the communication, there's a breakdown of communication or there's an unmet expectation and all the things that go along with that, that may, that's the reason why relationships are so difficult sometimes. And then just in that scenario alone, you get seven different people who want seven different things at the same time. When that happens, it gets hard. Which is the reason why we have to have some type of foundation to come back to as a, as a family in that relationship. We have to have a foundation to come back to that is the, the plumb line, if you will, or the standard for the family. And so that we can somehow function together. And as a parent, it's my responsibility, and as a parent, it's your responsibility, to help your children learn that worldview. Learn that, what that firm foundation is. Learn what it is that we that we would call normal or call um, expected in our home. And even with that, it still gets difficult because there's a story. <laughs> Man, if you ever want to feel good about your family situation, and I realize that all of you come in with, with different connections and relations to, with your family. And we, we haven't even got into the extended family. We, haven't even, we didn't even go there. There's not enough time or enough string for how that can play out. But if you ever want to feel good, or at least better about your family situation, then read the story about King David's family. You can find some of his story in 2 Samuel, the book of 2 Samuel. They believe that David had up to nine wives, which, gentlemen, we can't keep one happy. Forget trying to keep nine happy. But David had nine of them. He was the king. I guess he could afford it. He had 20 sons and one daughter. Can you imagine how special this one daughter was to him? Out of all those relationships, he has this one daughter. And so if you read in 2 Samuel, this is, the, this is kind of the, the difficult part that I was, that 
that I was going to talk about this morning. Inside that relationship alone, just with what happened with his one daughter, is some, some real hurt. But it's in Scripture. It's in the Bible. God put it in there for a purpose. And one of David's sons from his third marriage, his name is Amnon. Amnon falls in love with his sister Tamar from his fourth, mar- fourth marriage. Tamar is the sister of Absalom. And Amnon falls in love with his sister, an unhealthy infatuation, and he coerces a plan to get Tamar to come. And f- he acts sick, and Tamar comes to feed him. She comes to take care of him. He asks the king, hey, send your daughter Tamar to come take care of me. And so Tamar, respecting and honoring her father, does what he wishes. And then Amnon takes advantage of her. And I won't go into detail. And it says moments after, he hated her immediately as much as he loved her. He sent her from his presence. And she goes out, she tears her clothes She puts on ashes because she's in mourning and she becomes a desolate woman. Let me just tell you that the wages of sin in any relationship is death. Some form of death. And in our families, in our situations, all of us have experienced some type of a painful situation in our home. Maybe not something as extreme as that, but something that has caused pain and heartache and and damage in our homes. Every single one of us. Absalom finds out. He tells his sister. He gives her some terrible advice. He says to her, don't tell anybody about this. Keep it a secret. That's not the advice that you will get from your pastor in this church. If you've been wronged and there's hurt in your life, you must find someone safe to talk to. Got to get it out in the open. There's no healing if it's not discovered. It's got to be dealt with. And those are the most difficult times in any family, in any relationship, when we have to go to those hard places and deal with difficult things. But we do it with love, and we do it with forgiveness. Now, that does not mean that we allow it to continue to go on, and we just pretend like it doesn't happen. No, that's not what God would tell you at all. There might be times there has to be a separation and say, I cannot continue in this relationship any longer. I have to to remove myself. doesn't mean I can't love and forgive, but it does mean that I maybe need to distance myself. Absalom finds out about it. He, he tricks um, his dad in getting his brother Amnon to come out to hang out where he was at when they were shearing some sheep, and he killed his brother. It just gets worse. It doesn't get dealt with the right way. It gets, gets handled the, the way men would want to handle things, not the way God would want to handle it. And Absalom kills his brother, And then Absalom stays away for three years and David grieves for the loss of a son. He grieves because what happened to his daughter and he grieves because his son is separated from his family. For three years, it says he longs, he has compassion. 
And what what does Absalom do in order to make things right? He creates a coup to take over the kingdom. He whispers in the ear of all of these other people and trying to get him to go away from his father's leadership to his own. He disrespects his father, dishonors him. And the pain that is caused just on that alone is catastrophic. But you know what? Here's the crazy thing. Through all of this, through those dysfunctional, messed up relationships, comes the lineage of Joseph, the father of Jesus. Some scholars would even say through that line, through one of the sons of David, comes Mary, the mother of Jesus. And God in his just unbelievable way of just tying things together and making things right, plants his son in the womb of Mary, who without Joseph, because of his connection to David, there was no way that she could be the one who'd give birth to a son because she didn't have any brothers. She was the only, only girl. And she needed this man to come along to, to be related and connected to her in order for Jesus to come. And you know what's even crazier than that? That when we put our faith and trust in Jesus as our Savior, we then become related and connected to this bloodline that brings us life today right here on earth, but it brings us life eternal because of that connection. In Romans chapter 8, it it says that when we put our trust in Jesus, we become adopted as God's children, and we become a part of his family. It's like, can you imagine? As soon as you put your faith and trust in Jesus, think about the amount of strings that goes out from that place, how all the different people you are connected to now, and they become part of your family. And it says it doesn't give us a spirit of, of, of slavery or fear, But it says it gives us a spirit of adoption that we might say, Abba, Father. We might cry out to God and say, you're my daddy now. And even through all the pain and all all the stuff that's going on in my life, I have a connection with the Heavenly Father that is perfect. And His love for me is perfect. It's unconditional in spite of everything that's going on. So as we finish up our time together, I want to give you some simple Simple advice for relationships that I received from a mother as she was dropping off her little kids at her house. She said, play, like, have fun, experience some joy, share, that's a good, that's a good word for relationships, right? Share, give, don't just take. Share your things. And she says, be nice. Share. Be nice. Love. Forgive. And and, uh, Colossians chapter 3. We'll finish up with this scripture. Colossians chapter 3, if you have your Bible. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. 
This works in every, all the relationships we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. This works. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. If you go down a little bit, it gives you some instruction, wives, on how to submit to your husband. But first it says, as fitting in the Lord, you've got to submit to the Lord first to submit to your husband. Husbands, love your wives. Don't be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they become discouraged. Some real practical things to do. So as Tony starts playing, maybe you need some encouragement today when it comes to your family. I mean, don't we all? Maybe you need some courage today to deal with the difficult situation that's going on. That It's there, you know it, and, and you just, maybe it's just time to deal with it. It's time to have the hard conversation. Maybe it's the hard conversation is, is you need to go and say, hey, I need you to forgive me because I, I was wrong here. Or maybe you need to learn to be the one that does the forgiving because you're holding on to it. And you feel like it's somehow your right to not let go of it. Like you almost feel like you're power, you'll be powerless if you let go, but I promise you it's really the opposite of that. The real power comes when you're able to let it go and then allow God to do his work there. I'm going to invite families, if you're here with your family, or if you're not here with your family, you can come and pray. But I invite families to come and pray together. You know what? He said, well, this, this is probably the only time that we ever do this. You know what? Make this the, the first time and this continue it from here on out. Pray with one another. Pray for each Some of the most powerful times in our home, and we've gotten away from it, too many times is the times we all stood in a circle and we prayed for the person to our right and everybody got prayed for in our family. Or we put the person in the middle of the seat and we just prayed over them. Everybody prayed for them. Because we're all connected. We're all related. And we all have things that we're struggling with and things that we... If you come forward, it's not an admission of guilt. <laughs> Don't think that. Matter of fact, it's, it's kind of like this, this sense of saying, God, we need you. And we need you to be in the midst of it. If you're the father and you're here, don't expect your wife to lead. You lead. Even if you don't know what you're doing, just act like you do. Just come. And so come. Families, come and pray. Does someone take, someone be the first one. Someone take a step. You can do it as groups or just individual families, whatever you feel comfortable with. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Just individual families. If you're not a part of a family, come, come up here and let me pray for you. 
You know, we're all, we're all connected. Just pray with each other. Just pray as a family unit together. It's, it's cool. My perspective, every family looks a little different. You know, we got big ones. We got small ones. We got young kids. We don't have any kids yet. We got grandparents and parents. And keep, um, just pray as long as you need to pray. And just remember that there is, there is nothing, there's nothing that God cannot help your family through. Um, there's nothing he cannot heal you from. Um, but so many times he, he can't do it until you, you give it to him, until you're able to let go and give it to him. So that's my prayer for you. And, and ultimately, uh, if, you've, if you don't have the vertical relationship with the Lord down, confess your need for him. Call Jesus your Lord. Ask him to forgive you. And, uh, and start that relationship with him. Start being connected to him. And then ask him to help you with those, all those other relationships. We're still, we're a work in progress. My family's a work in progress. A year ago, I was crying out to the Lord for my son to be here with me. So, is it perfect? It's getting there. There won't always be because we live on the side of heaven. <laughs> and we're flesh, we're weak, we're selfish human beings. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you can trust him. And so thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for being connected to us here at the church. I'm just going to pray, closing prayer, prayer for the offering. And every single week you guys give and you make this possible. There's, there's no way we could be here if it wasn't for people who invest in us. And I take that very seriously. You don't have to be here. You don't have to give. But remember, you're not giving to me. Remember who it is you give to. You're giving because he's already given to you. That's the reason we give. And so God, thank you so much for these people that are here today. I pray that they would understand the compassionate love that you have for them. Your love and forgiveness has been displayed throughout all, all these centuries of just how you modeled your love for us through your son, Jesus. Would you heal broken hearts today? Would you draw family members together? If it's up to us, to, if we're the ones that need to say we're sorry, let us get, have the courage to say that. If we're the ones that need to receive the apology, help us give grace. Help us not to push away, but to receive. And Lord, we thank you for the offering that we're about ready to to receive here today, that it'll be used for your kingdom. We'd be good stewards with it, God, and we would invest in, in people because people are eternal. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great week. Go Chiefs. You got 20 minutes for kickoff. <laughs>